0: Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of MA Architects Make It Innovative, featuring deep dive discussions on the world of innovation as it relates to the built environment.
1: Today, we have a really special guest for you, Jen Peterson, the chief executive officer of Easton Town Center, a mall that is truly one of its kind and something really incredible in Ohio and beyond.
0: We're going to be having great conversations surrounding the consumer sentiments and what is driving them to want to return to the retail environment, as well as how the built environment is changing around the new pandemic strategies.
1: And a little bit of a sneak peek, retail is not dead. So listen in to find out the really creative ways that they are innovating and taking this challenge into an opportunity.
0: Welcome back. I'm Mark Bryan, one of your hosts, a certified futurist for MA Architects.
1: And I'm Sam Dickerson, the senior manager of strategic communications with a real passion for behavioral psychology.
0: On this episode, we are going to focus on how our retail world and shopping experiences have changed. We will also find out what we can expect going forward with one of our staples in central Ohio and really within the United States, the Easton Town Center, by speaking with Jen Peterson. Easton Town Center is ranked among the top 30 highest performing retail centers in America and has the highest specialty retail sales and overall volume in the state of Ohio. Jen is the chief executive at Easton and oversees customer experience, strategic innovation, tenant relations, marketing, branding, events, and animation, property and operations and landscaping, security, and the Easton Community Foundation, which is the brand's philanthropic arm.
1: Just a couple things. That's a lot. (laughs) Also joining us is another powerhouse, MA's own principal and director of our commercial studio, Lori Bongiorno.
0: Lori has been with MA Architects for more than 25 years, specializing in retail and mixed-use developments and commercial office. She has been a large part of the ever-evolving, award-winning, and precedent-setting Easton Town Center since 1997. As a member of the International Council of Shopping Centers, which is ICSC for future reference, Lori leads discussions on the topic of the architect's expanding role in managing mixed-use developments and sustainability in retail design.
1: We're excited, too, that Lori was appointed director of Ohio for ICSC and has really done some amazing things for the firm in the space of retail over the years. So hello, Jen and Lori. Welcome to Make It Innovative. Hello. Hello. Thank you.
0: We are so glad to have you guys here today. And so I thought it would be great if we could just start off and just kind of maybe kick things off with like the one minute pitch of what it is that you do. So Jen, just starting with you, could you just maybe tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do at Easton?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So you rattled off a lot of different components <laughs> of my role. I mean, it's um, a big job running Easton. It's a massive property and 30 million people visit there every year. So um, the, the role is very varied. Um, and I love that about it. Um, no day is the same, which I know sounds cliche, but it's absolutely true. Um, I spent my whole career in branding and marketing and merchandising, and I think, you know, the experience of running the CO Bigelow concept for L Brands really set me up um, probably the most for this role at Easton, which um, I'm coming up on my five-year anniversary.
0: Wow, congratulations. So awesome. Can't wait to hear what you have to say and hear what's going on at Easton. So, Lori, pivoting over to you, can you give us the one-minute pitch of your role at MA Architects?
3: I am a principal and director of the commercial studio. Uh, Our studio focuses on retail, corporate office, mixed use, and multifamily, Um, but usually there's a retail component. Uh, I kind of grew up in the firm. I've been here almost 26 years and uh, have been working on Easton most of that time. So it's kind of my career-defining
1: project.
0: So it'll be a good synergy and conversation today.
1: I love it. That is awesome. All right, Jen, we want a deep dive to get to know you on a more personal level. So we have three questions we want to ask to get some insights. You ready? I am. Let's do it. (laughs) What are you most excited about these days? I think on the work
2: front, um, it's really figuring out what the role of retail will be in the future. Um, We were already strategizing for Easton 2.0 coming into our 21st year. And with the pandemic that, um, you know, hasn't necessarily blown up, but we've had to really kind of step back and and rethink um, what that means. You know, personally, um, having three teenagers go through distance learning uh, for the back half of the school year was extremely eye-opening to both the benefits and some of the pitfalls of technology, Um, understanding that connection of being with peers and teachers in real life. Is extremely important. Um, So as we are awaiting more specifics of how the school years will go coming into the fall, um, I think I'm excited to be an advocate uh, for my kids to have the chance to spend um, some time safely um, in the classroom with the teachers.
1: That's awesome. Teachers have definitely never been more appreciated, I would say.
2: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: What is the skill still unmastered? Um, Doing
2: an interview with a face covering. Um, <laughs> it's still pretty tricky for me. Yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> I,
0: breathing in is a little bit difficult, changes a little bit. I find
2: bit. if I'm wearing glasses, they start to fog up or the mask starts to slip a little bit. And of course, you don't want anyone who's in healthcare to see you touching that. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm still trying to master that. Appreciate that we're safely distanced here and that I don't have to
1: wear one. Yeah, yes. absolutely.
0: And judgment-free zone here too.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and last question. What is the best way to decompress? Oh, man.
2: So I did a lot of dog walks. And and when I walk my dog, I do walking meditations um, uh, during the quarantine. And I've tried to keep that up. Um, That is definitely one. And um, kind of a funny thing that I learned to do in quarantine was bake. I'm not a baker. I'm not a cook. I don't really eat sweets. Um, But I had some you know, overripe bananas Classic. and decided <laughs> I was gonna try my hand. <laughs> and it ended up being really good. So now I'm making it for people when I go over for a housewarming um, gift. And then um, I've just tried um, recently Peach Cobbler. So look at you stepping it up. Yeah, I've branded them under the name Biscuit. Naturally, so, she
0: has so branding. Right, exactly. <laughs>
1: more to come on that little side hustle. <laughs> you, heard it, you heard it here first. <laughs> All right, Lori, we know about your passion for architecture, but we want to let our listeners in a little bit more about who you are. So here are your questions. If you had a spontaneous day off, what's the first thing you'd do? Well, similar to Jen, um, during this pandemic, I have discovered
3: taking very long walks in my neighborhood and listening to podcasts. I hadn't listened to podcasts before, but if I turn one on, I can walk forever. So I'm actually exercising more than ever. That's awesome. Um, And I would also hang out with my daughters. (laughs) Great choice. What is the best thing that happened this year? Well, 2020 has been pretty interesting. So I think the um, silver lining is getting to spend so much time with my daughters. They're 17 and 21 this week. Wow, um, gosh. <laughs> And get, having so much time with them and them actually focusing on playing games or build, doing a puzzle
1: or whatever, it has been pretty wonderful. That's awesome. Last question. Best way to decompress?
3: Mm, reading or taking a long
1: walk with a podcast. Perfect. I love it. love that the podcasts are trending. I know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're going to pivot a little bit now toward Easton and to uh, what's going on with that. Steve Jobs once said, innovation is the ability to see change as an opportunity, not a threat. And Easton Town Center has embraced that mindset wholeheartedly. They have challenged the preconceived notions of what a retail center is and how to build a community that fosters innovation and a curated shopping experience, which is especially hard to do in the world of fast-paced technology and e-commerce not to mention catering to the various consumers generational preferences. What we want to know today is what is next given our current climate and how is Easton innovating to create safety and security for their guests while driving an engagement.
1: Prior to the pandemic, our conversations revolved around e-commerce versus brick and mortar, but now we know we still need physical space and stores because we crave human connection more than ever and an experience that can foster togetherness and meaningful conversations.
0: So Laurie, we actually want to start with you. You have been boots on the ground at Easton from the very beginning. I'm talking about when there was nothing but horses, I believe. So can you tell us a little bit about Easton and how it got started?
3: Well, I'm not sure about the horses, but I know there was definitely <laughs> an open field. Um, I I started um, in 1997 on drawings for the station building, and I remember that the, the, the project was really recreating, the story was that it was a mid, small Midwestern town that was built up over time, and the retail slowly took over some of the buildings, like you'll notice uh, Pottery Barn was, is the, is a theater building, or um, the station building is the train depot, Um, things like that. Never knew that. Amazing. So much cooler.
1: This place is amazing.
3: <laughs> and it was also um, unusual because the there was no typical anchor when it opened the first phase in 99. Uh, the anchor was the AMC theaters. It was actually Planet Movies and it was themed with, um, there was, you know, the Dumb and Dumber truck hanging from the, the ceiling in the station building and a whole bunch of other stuff, memorabilia. Um, but it has. I think the one thing about Easton is that it has been evolving since the beginning. So as soon as we were done, we were working on changes. We were working on the next phase. We've been consistently working on it since '99, which shows how much it's been evolving. Um, there's always a study to be done. There's always um, a uh, something to look at. It's very innovative. The things that we've looked into, like. Uh, you know, powering all the signage with solar panels, or um, how do we count the cars? You know, there's there's just lots of different aspects to it that are beyond architecture. It's been lots a lot of, of pieces and
0: parts. I mean, right. that's retail to a T, right? It never stops. Never it's stops. always innovating, always growing. So can you help our listeners understand the phases that you talk about and what that actually means for Easton?
3: Well, the first phase opened in 1999, which is south of the station building, Um, Phase two quickly followed in 2001, which is the fashion district. The Fenlon Square District opened in 2014, which was more of a children's-centric area of Easton anchored by uh, American Girl. Then Gateway, which is really more of a power center area, was developed across Steltzer Road, 2014 and 15. Then the most recent expansion happened the end of 2019, which uh, is on axis with the Fenlon Square district, to the north and east of Nordstrom, and it's it's more of an um, more of a, a entertainment district with a lot of restaurants and office space. It's uh, it's a lot of fun, a lot of uh, art installations.
0: So I'm curious, Jen, building on that, can you tell us you know, what Easton today is by comparison to what Lori just shared with us?
2: I, I think she hit it with the always evolving. I mean, Easton never sits still, never rests on its laurels. Um, we are constantly looking for new ways to bring memorable experiences to our guests, to introduce new tenants, to explore new capabilities, systems, technologies, and um, It it really is constant and in a good way, Um, not just to change, but to really be out ahead, um, to innovate, to um, provide that customer experience that's going to be unique. And, um, you know, with the pandemic, that has really focused initially on safety. Um, If you're out at Easton today, you will see safety signage everywhere. Uh, One-way stairwells, um, restrictions on um, occupancy, capacity of elevators, um, specific doors that are in, specific doors that are out, hand sanitizing stations all over the place, um, a mask requirement 11 to 1 uh, Monday through Saturday. So um, we really took that quite seriously and spent hours and um, a lot of dedicated time with the pretty substantial group of people to come up with that
1: um, campaign.
0: Smart. It's a brave new world for all of us, and trying to figure out that is probably no easy task.
1: It's really interesting, too, because shoppers' priorities are really changing at an insane speed with values and habits changing, and retailers that are successful have to innovate and differentiate to build brand loyalty. It's something that's always important, but especially now. So going forward, Jen, what do you think the Easton experience will be? Where... Was Easton going prior to the pandemic? And how has Easton pivoted during this time to look ahead?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think we will continue to be about experience and about innovation and with this new lens um, of safety. So our um, tenants need us more than ever. Um, We have really been in contact with every single one of them over the course of the closure and the reopening, phased reopening. The um, the silver lining of that is the connection, you know, to the local teams as well as the corporate teams and um, really getting clear on what they need. I mean, one of the early asks was for curbside spots. Of course, we had 25 restaurants that were operating through the whole quarantine period. And, and there weren't a lot of people at Easton, so you didn't need to have dedicated areas. But with our traffic about at 75% of where it would have been, um, we have needed to create 40 different curbside um, stations. So we've commandeered those parking meters, made them free, put up signage, and then, you know, communicated with the tenants um, where those locations are so they can share that information with their their customers. And I think, you know, a lot of um, retail tenants are um, getting into that game in a big way, whereas there were a handful prior to the pandemic um, certainly, again, restaurants were doing it, but now 80% of the brands at Easton have some component um, to their business that involves carryout or curbside. Um, so that was, a, that was a big one.
1: That's so interesting. And I think, too, prior to the pandemic, the experience was a key differentiator for retailers. We saw a lot of luxury brands that were putting speakeasies in or palm readers to create an experience beyond just selling a product. You guys obviously have your Lulu store that does the pop-up classes and a lot of cool things like that. Is there anything like that you're seeing with your retailers or Easton providing to create more of an experience at the town center?
2: Yeah. I mean, we had to rethink all of our summer events, which, you know, have been beloved for 20 years. Our concert and movie and yoga series, um, we knew we would not be able to safely hold in 2020. So we began thinking, you know, what can we do? One of the inspirations was we did um, a drive-through Easter Bunny at um, that holiday. And we had over 600 cars show up at Easton to just wave uh, to the bunny and have a moment with their family to enjoy being outside, but safely still in their vehicles and—or out of their homes, but safely in their vehicles. And so with the movies by moonlight not happening and the drive-through bunny— we beget the Sunset um, movie series, which is a drive-in movie. Uh, we took a lot to the north of our new expansion, and we have quartered that off to um, to be a movie theater. And so we run movies Tuesday through Saturday. Uh, we started right before Memorial Day weekend. Most of the shows have sold out. Certainly those first four days did. Um, On Friday and Saturday nights, we have an 11.30 showing in addition to the 8.30. Um, So that's been fun to, you know, uh, screen movies like uh, The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, that, you know, might not be as family friendly.
0: (laughs) One of my favorites. I'm just going to put it out there.
1: (laughs) Anchorman was on there. We went to see breakfast at Tiffany's. It's awesome. Yeah.
2: The customer uh, response has been tremendous. Um, Lots of um, appreciation. You know, for the acknowledgement um, that there needed to be some safe uh, options, and um, it's allowed us to partner with some organizations. So, Priscilla, we did a small partnership with Stonewall Columbus, and this coming Friday, we're partnering with Breathe, a coalition dedicated to uh, racial uh, fighting racial injustice, That's and awesome. we're screening Just Mercy uh, three times uh, at one at 5 and at 9, wow. and then the proceeds uh, will go to Breathe like uh, they did to Stonewall. And, and, and we know there's some other organizations interested in doing something there. We're talking to the crew about um, a viewing party. And it, so it's been really nice to see that um, temporary area become almost uh, a new experience at Easton. So that's getting us thinking about the future um, and what a drive-in might look like
1: um, potentially. I love it. I know we're going to talk a little bit later too about nostalgia, but it hits on all of those key drivers. And I think 2020 has definitely accelerated a lot of trends that people were already anticipating, especially the futurists in the world like Mr. Mark Bryan. But uh, it's really cool. You can see where that nostalgia really gives you comfort, especially in a time like now that feels so unsettling. So absolutely, the drive-in was such a cool thing that Easton did, I think.
0: Well, one thing that I love about that is that, it, you know, as Laurie shared, is basically, you know, one of the biggest tenants when Easton started was a movie theater. And like now movies are actually continuing to carry their story through even now during the pandemic.
2: Well, in AMC, we knew it wasn't going to open right away. And um, with their um, announcement that they would open on July 15th, we actually ex- extended the drive in for another week um, beyond when we had planned to do it. And the other component of the drive-in, which I was remiss not to mention, is supporting our restaurant tenants. Um, so getting people to East and One, so supporting all the tenants, but then we're really encouraging folks to get their carry out, to enjoy while they're watching the movie. Um, two of the restaurants up at the expansion, Forty Deuce and Forbidden Road, actually will deliver to your car, awesome. um, which is really fun. So um, we you know, are challenging ourselves, like what's next after the drive-in, to think about um, continual support in a, in a safe manner.
0: Yeah. One of the trends that we talk about all the time is this hybridic world that we live in where we're taking two different separate things and we're blending them together into like a new function and form. And so what I love about the people that we're seeing and hearing that are innovative innovators are really taking things that are from two sides like, you know, the restaurants and the movies and then pairing them together so that they can support one another. And so, Lori, as the director of ICSC for the state of Ohio, what is it that you're seeing as trends for retail centers? And are there any updates that you've heard with the coronavirus and pandemic moving forward?
3: Well, ICSC has been doing a lot of research during this time and a lot of support for uh, different retailers and developers and projects. Um, Studies are showing that it's not doom and gloom. Um, A study on April 24th showed that 63% 63% of consumers are comfortable to go to outdoor centers, which bodes well for Easton, um, versus 52% for interior standard malls. So I, I think um, the trend will be towards the trends that we're already seeing with incorporating wellness into the centers, um, there will be more outdoor centers, more outdoor spaces, larger patios. And like you said, like Jen said, the curbside pickup for more stores. So I I
2: think the future is bright, especially for Easton, my favorite place. Thank you, Lori. I love that you said that. Um, (laughs) We have been very um, accommodating with our restaurants to allow them to expand their their patio footprints. Um, As, you know, they are seeking to, you know, create distance in the interior, there are fewer tables uh, and opportunity to see customers. So um, we know there's a a lot of customers who still prefer to sit outdoors as well. In addition, we have put furniture, um, new furniture on our town square to allow folks to safely carry out and enjoy that um, on the square if there's not an opportunity to sit on a patio. And we're going to do that up um, at the yard in the expansion and as well around the bon V space, which sadly was um, uh, one of the uh, brands that elected not to reopen after the quarantine.
3: I I really think the partnership between the property owners and management and the retailers and restaurants is is what's going to pull us through this and make us stronger after the pandemic. Uh, Stuff like that, working together to make it work.
1: I love that. And I think you know, harking back to that Steve Jobs quote, it sounds like you guys at Easton really took this chance to see this challenge as an opportunity. And you found really cool creative ways to not back down, but instead find ways to propel yourselves forward and continue to create that differentiating brand that you guys are known for. There's no one else like you in the state and obviously top 30 in the country. I mean, you're a big deal. It's really a cool, different space and it's really an experience. And I know even smaller things, bigger things, we worked on the stairs that are inside of the station building, which is a huge social media draw, and now Instagram influencers everywhere are being photographed on those stairs. Um so I was curious too any other exciting developments you guys have and with your expansion plans that people can get excited about as far as what's to come next.
2: Yeah, I don't think we ever got a chance to really launch our new expansion. I mean we had brands opening in the fourth quarter and into early January that barely got off the ground before um, their doors had to be shuttered. So we're looking forward to a moment where we can um, really celebrate the expansion and the public art that is up in the expansion is absolutely incredible. Um, We work with local artists to um, create a really unique feel for that area that matches the architecture, the brands that are operating there or will be um, coming there, and I think, um, you know, with the, uh, the pandemic hitting and then um, what uh, occurred with racial protests and um, an outcry over the injustice, um, we have really dug deep to see um, how can Easton authentically be a voice um, and an ally in that fight. And so... Uh, within the next week, we have a group of women who are going to create some murals actually on the bon V building mm-hmm. that speak to um, what is happening in our country right now through their, their own voice. And um, I'm excited to see where that's gonna, what that's going to look like. Yeah. And between that area and the expansion, I mean, we have more than quadrupled the amount of local art shown in uh, public space at Easton.
1: I think that this really ties so nicely into this concept of localism that we've been talking about a lot in in our uh, post-pandemic predictions presentation. That's a mouthful. We really covered that concept of localists. And basically, it's this idea that Mark's future forecasts are predicting that post-COVID, a lot of things are going to revolve around localism and local vists, and it's this idea that supporting and being local will be more attractive and will also feel safer. So people are really going to want to reinvest in their communities, in their local retailers, in brands they believe in. Um, the future consumer of 2022 has, a, has fear as a driver for the decisions that they're making. So it's really important that they do feel safe, they feel comfortable, and they feel like they have some semblance of control, even if that means in, in the brands that they're choosing to invest in. How do you think Easton can help with this idea of local building community and fostering safety? Yeah, I mean, I
2: think our our brands do that. Um, I mean, we have a mix of both national and local brands. But the nice thing about the stores at Easton is that they feel local even when they're a national chain like Lululemon or Kendra Scott, um, what Vineyard Vines and Lily Pulitzer do, Eddie Bauer, Um, and then on the restaurant front the same where there's absolutely that um, acknowledgement that they are serving the Columbus community and what those unique um, aspects might be based on our demographics and as well as Easton's demographics. So I think that will continue to happen. Um, I think as um, retail evolves and more labs and pop-up concepts come, Um, That will attract more local uh, brands, I believe, um, to be able to participate in a center like Easton um, that they normally might not be able to do. So cool.
0: So I'm curious, you know, if we're looking at the consumer of the future post-pandemic, while people may be timid to venture out into crowded spaces, an early survey actually showed that uh, 91% of consumers reported that they will return to restaurants and movie theaters and gyms and stores, with 32% saying that they will visit businesses more before than they did uh, before COVID. So another driver of this is also eco-anxiety or the fear of what is happening to the environment um, which is a huge driver for the younger generations and what they care about for our world. So given this idea of, you know, where there's some some timidity about coming back and other fear-based drivers, um, is Easton doing anything to help connect people with platforms uh, about the sustainability environment or um, just other needs?
2: I mean, I think <clears throat> safety, we talked about, you know, as a big concern, we're trying to really address that head on. Um, going to launch a new campaign of wearing face coverings, Um, really seeing what's happening in in the southern and western states with um, some brands, you know, closing down again. um, It's very alarming. And so that's one thing. On the environmental side, I think, you know, we have endeavored to always um, try to put our best foot forward with LED lighting. Um, And other eco strategies. We're looking at solar, rainwater collection. Um, We've recently planted a sunflower field um, that will attract pollinators, and um, also a pollinator garden uh, where families could walk through and enjoy um, just seeing what that looks like with the the specific vegetation and bee boxes and bat boxes Um, and So that also keeps us up at night. We want to be good stewards um, to the community and to the environment.
1: Although the coronavirus outbreak has massively derailed life as we know it, individuals are seeking out good news and happiness more than ever. This is so interesting, I thought. But in the U.S., Google searches for good news spiked in the second week of April, reaching a five-year high, according to Google Analytics. People want something good to think about. So greater awareness of mental health issues – with consumers growing desires for self-improvement and wellness is helping to drive this new shopper group who is cautiously optimistic for the years ahead and is looking to spread happiness and positivity there are still a lot of things going on but there is great change that's occurring and kindness is beginning to prevail with the concept of radical optimism predicted as a key consumer sentiment for 2022. So, Jen, I'm curious, in what ways is Easton tapping into this new mindset, using behavioral psychology predictions to best support their customer community and maybe spark a little joy? Yeah. I mean, we definitely wanted to welcome
2: our guests back to Easton um, in an uplifting way and spark joy. Um, And, you know, combined with safety signage, that's a bit of a challenge of how do you do that. Um, and I think we've struck a balance. Um, we put in a ribbon tape installation about a week and a half ago over the North Strand, which is the fashion district. Um, that's like a canopy of color. And it's just beautiful and makes people smile when they come upon it. Um, we also painted the Bon V building bright yellow and have um, ribbon tape coming down from the roof, which appears to be like sunbeams. And this is going to be the frame for where the murals are going to be painted by the local artists, um, a a group of women. And so I think those are just two examples of areas that will um, make our guests smile. Um, Our big digital mesh screen also just went live in our expansion. And so we know there's going to be a lot of opportunities to do really cool things up there. Right now, there's just fun, positive images um, that we are playing um, on a loop. Awesome.
1: I love it.
0: And it plays directly into the future, because we have two trends for 2023, where we're talking about choiceful positivity and delightful distractions? So I think that all plays into that. Now, we couldn't have foreseen a pandemic, but I definitely think this accelerates those two trends. Absolutely. And so as we're coming to a close to our show, I want to move even further into the future. As a certified futurist, I look for signals and drivers of change. And what I really want to hear from each of you is, are there any signals out there that you've seen that will have positive effect on shoppers and retail centers even 10 years from now? So Lori, maybe we start with you, and then we can close with Jen.
3: Great. Um, Before the pandemic, people wanted a sense of community and human interaction, and um, Easton does that so well. Um, People still want that. So like Jen said earlier, we have to figure out how to do that in a safe way. And I think new technologies will emerge that will foster health and safety, Um, Existing technologies will be refined to work in the shopping center realm, like the ionization systems for HVAC or infrared technologies. HVAC filtration systems that are typically used in hospitals maybe will be used more often. I know they cost more, but it will be worth it for health and safety, Um, antimicrobial surfaces, things like that. But also, um, like Easton, already does the incorporation of different uses and the sense of community, um, in incorporating multifamily um, so people can live work and play in their, in their community, in their neighborhood. It fosters that sense of co- comfort and uh, control.
0: A lot of flexibility needed for that. You know we're talking about the re-entrancing sequence for like our workplaces, but I think it's the same for retails. You just have to think about the customer journey is all different now.
3: I would like to point out, though, with the mix of uses, the retail, I feel, very strongly is the most important, because I'm, because if the retail works, the whole project works.
2: Agreed. That's
3: a great perspective.
2: Yeah, I agree, Lori, and we are looking at all of those things that you mentioned. Um, as well, I think it's going to be that balance between human connection and the convenience and technology elements of, like, curbside pickup and um, text to, you know, uh, carry out and things like that. Um, but on the human side, for example, when we reopened, our guest services desk has a, um, a phone system that can um, readily connect guests to whatever they're looking for before they talk to a human. And we turn that off so that when they call, mm. they get the human right now. So smart. Because we yeah. realize that voice of Easton um, it's so important. And the warm welcome is so important. And I, I think, you know, we'll evolve that um, as we get, you know, further along in the year, and certainly at holiday and the volume of calls, um, you know, we won't be able to sustain that. But it was really important coming out of the gate. And then, you know, we were working on this new system to Um, almost like a virtual concierge, to be able to text and get questions answered. And of course, with the pandemic and the shutdown, that went on hold. But I look forward to bringing that back, too. And it's, it's, again, that combination of the two
1: things. I love it. It's augmented intelligence, where tech will never replace human connection, but it can help amplify that voice. But that the human connection is really the most important input of all. I think that's such a cool strategy that you guys did to take away the technology to dust back you know, dust off our instincts and bring back to basics what really matters, that's awesome.
0: I agree. I think the digital first interaction is probably going to be primary going forward. But this idea of the human voice being the way that we connect with each other is really smart to think about as we're trying to make sure that people still feel like they're part of a community. And so I'll be curious to see what happens in the next days, weeks, and months to come. And so I just want to say thank you to Jen and to Lori for sharing your innovative insights. Um, these are the innovations that can help our listeners find inspiration in their own lives and to be thinking ahead about how they can create change. And we really hope that we can hear more about these innovations as they come up. If you'd like to learn more about us, visit our website at ma-architects.com, where we have an entire COVID toolbox up and running that covers the wide variety of sectors we serve. Feel free to email me directly at markbma at architects.com. Once again, I'm one of your hosts for Make It Innovative, Mark Bryan.
1: And I'm Sam Dickerson. I hope you can find the change you want to be to allow innovation to thrive in the way you live.
0: Thanks again to our guests. Thank and you. have a great day, everybody. Make Thanks, it innovative.
2: Ladies.